Hey folks, it's King from Stay Tuned Sports, and I gotta tell you, I love energy drinks. They help give me that boost that I need to finish all my work, get through game film recaps from all of Sunday's games, and they provide that pick-me-up during a very long week. What I don't love is that crash and the jitters, the gross feeling you get with most other energy drinks. And that's why I tried Dubby, and I gotta tell you, Dubby is a game changer with flavors like Dragonade, Beach and Peach, Galaxy Grenade, and my personal favorite, the Dub Sludge. You can find your favorite or just get them all. There's no jitters, there's no crash because there's no sugar in Dubby. Plus, Dubby contains Neurofactor, an all natural ingredient derived from coffee cherries, which has been linked to enhanced brain function. You go on over to Dubby.gg right now, that's Dubby.gg, to grab the best energy drink you've ever had. And if you enter the code STSPORTS18, in all caps, you'll get 10% off your order. That's STSPORTS18 to get 10% off of Dubby. Be better. Stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is your good friend Jimbo, hashtag Free Dom, with uh, King Was Here. Um, <laughs> see you like I see you're dancing like a third string quarterback. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. I might be uh, dancing and singing like uh, the East Coast Brock Purdy yeah. right now, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's our good friend Tommy DeVito. <laughs> How you doing? How's your family? I'm thoroughly convinced that that's not his family members. That's not his agents. They're all actors because there's no way they all look like they're mob, uh, mafia people. Dude, it, Everybody thought that his agent was like just, oh, there's no way he dresses like that. There's no way he's actually like that guy. Turns out you go to his socials, that is a thousand percent that guy. <laughs> he is that guy. He dresses like that all the time. That guy is, how you doing? I, I, I'm loving the memes coming out about him. The best one I, I liked so far was, um, it was going something along the lines of, um, give Tommy... 55 million or we walk and then underneath it it says um sir this is jersey mics i did see that one <laughs> i've seen that one i've seen a couple other ones that are like you know uh along those same veins you know <laughs> hey listen you know i think we the don't one... want to end up like hoffa down there in the middlelands do we all right you know i think it's better for everybody involved if uh you know daniel jones finds himself other arrangements you know what i'm saying yeah you know, God, I will. which, uh, which I, is I, funny I love it. I love everything about it. You know, uh, having grown up and been raised in North Jersey, 
having to deal with a lot of the North Jersey Italians, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and the North Jersey Italians would be the first one to tell you, you know, that they're their own special thing, man. They are. Yeah. Um, and just seeing that, you know, as a kid from Jersey, he is the quintessential North Jersey Italian, you know, the Italian family. Dad's a plumber. I mean, the mom looks like a straight up Italian <laughs> mom. He's got now the, 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 uh, the uh, agent that looks like he assassinated Hyman Roth or tried to, uh, like it's 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 it, it's such a story, and it's it's a little bit of a of a mania right now. And yeah. I saw I, I hear a lot of people, especially in the media around here in the New York area, calling it like you know comparing it to Lynn Sanity uh, with the Knicks like a decade ago, however long that was ago. Yeah, uh, and like how how crazy everybody got, and how what that was, and how that kind of fizzled out now. Does this happen with him? Does this turn into insanity where it's like we've had these couple of weeks of really fun, good football, Giants win three games, and then it you know he's going to come crashing back down to earth, and it's like oh, or, or a cute story, but whatever. Or 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 does this continue to snowball and uh, and get bigger? Does he continue to play well and prove every week? Uh. I don't know. Like I said, he's going to have the tests are coming. The tests are coming. Yeah, I mean, it won't be against the Eagles, but. Uh, you know, because he's got to go on the road to New Orleans this week. Okay. Uh, in New Orleans, which even New Orleans not being great, it's still a challenge playing in that dome. Yeah. The dome is still its own environment. And, you know, for a kid being an undrafted rookie, all this other stuff, like it's, it's still going to be a test. Yeah. Um, and then comes. The Eagles on Christmas Day, and we'll see. You know, th- th- does he? W- I, I here's my, here's he's gonna he's gonna put four hundred yards on us. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the <laughs> Eagles defense. Maybe we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. We will get into that in a second. Hashtag but, free dumb. Uh, as I was as stop 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 it stop. <laughs> Um, as, as I was discussing with other people, my father, I think I even I told you I was like, if if he's able to, if Tommy DeVito. Yeah, old Tommy Cutlets, the passing paisano, as McAfee would call. Uh, if he's able to steal a game, just one of the games from the Eagles in this last stretch here, the conversation around the New York Giants or with the New York Giants fans, and maybe even in you know uh, uh, the Giants hallways there, is going to get loud. Yeah going to get very loud. But here, here's uh, the thing, though, is if, you know, to kind of agree with you to a point, you know, if he finishes out the season well, I'm not even going to say great, not going to say like Tom Brady stylish, but just well, you obviously bring him back, you know, some type of contract. I don't know what numbers they would throw at him or whatever. You're not going to bench Daniel Jones right off the bat. You're not going to pay a guy $40 million to sit on the bench. But like me and you agreed about um, backups. You need a good backup. You look at Cincinnati. You look at Cleveland, which is funny because it's a practice squad player, uh, even though it's a, that's the rules. <laughs> um, you know, you need a good backup. I mean, even go back to 2017 with the Eagles. You know, Nick Foles was a good backup. If we had Mar- Marcus Mariota in there, we would have done shit. We would have been one and done. And well, I, you're, you're seeing you're seeing that especially this year as we as we looked across the NFL, and I think both you and I can agree too. Tommy DeVito has played himself into at least at least 
the solid, undisputed number two quarterback. Yes. Position. Yeah. A thousand percent. I don't think there's a question about that right now. I think Tyrod, listen, thank you for your service. You didn't do shit this year for us except get injured. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. But then again, this is what this is what I mean is that when you look at what the Giants quarterbacks have done this year, uh, like Daniel Jones struggled and I, I was one that was saying like listen the offensive line is garbage and the offensive line is still garbage don't get me wrong yeah but I was like it, it, it was going to be hard for him to do anything behind there and then I said the same thing with Tyrod I was like you're going to put Tyrod in there people say oh put Tyrod in it's like you put Tyrod in there I was like he's going to get murdered too he got murdered then they put Tommy DeVito in because we didn't have anybody else so you put Tommy DeVito in and he gets murdered in the first game against the Cowboys but he also scores two touchdowns so you're like uh, he scored two touchdowns, but he still got murdered. Yeah. Then they played the Commanders. He looked better. He took nine sacks, so <laughs> not great. Still, again, garbage offensive line. But you you saw something like all of a sudden, like they were able to move the ball. He made some passes that Daniel Jones and Tyrod did not make with that same setup. Yeah. With the same offensive weapons that he has, with the same shitty offensive line, he was able to move the ball. And then the next game. Uh, uh, you see against the Patriots, again, didn't break any records. I think the Giants only scored one or two touchdowns or something. Like it, was, it was a really low-scoring game. It was not great. Yeah. But you saw an improvement in his game. He took less sacks, made better decisions, didn't turn the ball over. And that's the same thing with the Commanders game, too. Didn't, didn't turn the ball over. Then you see him play uh, uh, against Green Bay, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Crisp passes, making excellent decisions with the football, smart decisions with the football, hitting his receivers when he had the opportunity to go downfield. That one touchdown he pa- uh, passed that he threw to, uh, uh, I think it was Wondell Robinson in the end zone, right in the corner. Okay. Was it him or Hyatt? I can't remember which one it was. Uh, I think it was one, when uh, Wondell. Right, right into the corner of the end zone and threw it into the spot where either the receiver was going to catch it or nobody was going to catch it. Yeah. And granted, receiver made an absolutely spectacular catch. I think I think that one was high. Uh, but it's still an, an incredible play, smart play, veteran play. And then, to top all that off, Green Bay, I mean, Saquon fumbles the ball. Thanks a lot, Saquon. You didn't really do a lot in that game anyway, <laughs> except try to fumble the game away. Green Bay scores. They missed the two-point. By the way, shout-out to the Giants' defense. Really big step up in that game as well. Uh, but because uh, uh, they had the Giants had three takeaways in that game. Oh, okay. Uh, I was watching the red zone the, the whole the, day. The two games so, at once thing? Yeah. Because, yeah. Stop, NFL, stop scheduling two games at once for Monday night, please. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so Green Bay scores. You're like, uh, there's like a minute 30 left or whatever it is. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, my, my, I'm already pissed because I'm like, man, we blew this game. We had this game and we're going to blow it. Like we blew the Jets game. Like, like oh, this is, you know, it's frustrating. But instead of that, what do we get? We get Tommy DeVito taking the under, taking the under, throwing it up, making a smart decision with a football, taking what they give you, moving the ball down the field. And then... Wondell Robinson goes off on the right side. Perfect rainbow pass. Boop, right in the basket. 
and within four plays, the Giants are in field goal range. Yeah. To the point where they had to try to kill a lot of the clock to get it all the way down. Like, you know, it almost felt like we got down into field goal territory too too quickly. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. And I think that might be the thing that impressed me the most was that one drive because it it showed something that we haven't seen with the Giants since Eli left, and that's clutch. Being in a big moment at a big time and and actually executing what you're supposed to do. And that kid fucking did it. And and again, I, I didn't know what to do with my hands. Like, we we came back. We want we want to like. And I think that's why the Giants fans are so crazy because we spent this whole season just being like, "What an absolute waste of a season! This is terrible. We were supposed to be so much better." And, and, and see, that's why and, that's why I think Devito's doing so well is because going into the season, you guys had so much pressure. On the whole team, not just Daniel Jones. Jones did have a lot of pressure on him because of the contract he signed, because of how well he did last year. And once he went down and you guys were stuck with a third-string quarterback and we have nothing else to play for, so screw it. We'll just sign in, watch the game, and then go to bed. So this team right now has no pressure on them whatsoever. And, I mean, mathematically, even though it's – 0.04% 0.04% or whatever it is, you still have a chance well, that's for the what playoffs. ESPN says. I happen to think the percentage is a lot higher. I think we're about a 0.8 or 0.9%. I would even say, I, I would even say, and not to get into the, this team just yet, but with how Philly's playing, you got about a 20% chance of making the playoffs. Philly, uh, Philly has about 75%. Here's the, <laughs> here's the thing, and I think this is something that all Giants fans need to do. Uh, pump the brakes. Like, I, I, I want to get excited. Yeah, like I, I, I like. There's every part of me wants to just be like, "You're all Giants are gonna go crazy. We're gonna go." Like, no, we are one game back, which is fucking banana lands to think about. Yeah, when you think about how this season has gone, it also shows kind of how mediocre the NFL has been this year. Uh, you know, so it's a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, but winning three straight games. Granted, I know people are gonna say, "Well, you won against the Commanders, the Patriots, and and the Packers." I can get the argument with the Commanders and, and the Patriots. They're in a soul in a world that picked the Giants beating the Packers because the Packers were a team that seemed to be hitting on all cylinders. They were starting to really get going. It looked like uh, Jordan Love got into his groove. Yeah, He was playing well. That defense was playing a lot better. They just beat the fucking Chiefs, which apparently now doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. We'll get into that in a moment. Yeah, uh, like So to beat the Packers and then that, that's the thing I hate is when people go and flip it and it's like oh there's no way the Giants are going to beat the Packers and then the Giants beat the Packers and it's like yeah but the Packers are really inconsistent so it's not that still really doesn't count it's like, but see that's no, the thing that is Jordan Love did, still didn't have a bad game like he didn't have a game like he uh, had a month ago or two months ago when he was like you know He's definitely not the guy in Green Bay we got to get rid of him like he didn't have a no, bad no, game Jordan Love has been playing great yeah he had and and he, I don't know. Like, and that's the other thing too. Like he he plays in Green Bay in in the elements, outdoor in the cold. Like he should know. Like trying to throw some of the, he threw one ball that you don't throw in the Meadowlands yeah. in winter. You don't do it. Like anybody will tell you that. Or anybody who's played in there, Boomer Esiason, Phil Sims, Eli Manning, fucking Danny Cannell, who was a terrible quarterback for Virginia. Anybody who's played in the Meadowlands tells you 
don't throw that kind of ball when it's windy in the Meadowlands. He threw a ball up there that just it was the Goodyear blimp. It stayed up there forever. Yeah, and it got picked off. And it's like you you have to be smarter right than that if you're you know you have to understand the, your conditions where you're playing. Uh, things like that, and, and it seems like he was a little lost in that aspect. Not having Christian Watson hurts him. I That's, think that was big. Hurt, hurt them big, you know. And even with all of that, they still almost won. Yeah. Now, some people will say maybe they shouldn't have, maybe they didn't deserve to win, but it's the NFL. This isn't college. It doesn't matter what deserved or not deserved, or or you know, uh, 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 showy wins or anything like that. You know, uh, style points. That doesn't matter. All that matters is the W. And the Packers needed that W. Yeah. And uh, and not to put too a fine point on it, Tommy DeVito stole that W from the Packers. Yeah. Right, right when the Packers thought they stole it from the Giants, DeVito got right back out there. And, and maybe the most clutch performance that I've seen from the Giants this season. And, and took that W right back. And uh, I got to tell you, what uh, it's you you want to you you want to burst out, you want to be excited, but you you know I, I'm still holding back. And I know New Orleans is going to be the same kind of story this week. I think the Giants are five and a half point underdogs going into New Orleans, so there's not probably going to be a lot of people that pick the Giants anyway, even with uh, the Derek Carr situation. He's not playing well, and they're not playing well, and all that other kind of nonsense. Um, and if the Giants do go down to New Orleans and they do beat the Saints, the story is still going to be, well, they haven't beat anybody, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. Until the week after, then there's going to be something. But for the – I don't have a ton of hope. But compared to three, four weeks ago, there's a gleam all of a sudden that's like, maybe a fucking Christmas miracle can happen. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe a little Dominic the Donkey Italian Christmas uh, Donkey fucking that do- magic. That donkey here. should be shot. I hate that song. So you don't like Dom? Okay, that's understood. I don't like Dom either. He yeah, should be do- the Dom the Donkey. Yeah, but hashtag free Dom. That Dom, he he's he's a good guy. He's a, he's a stand up citizen. Dom, or you want a free Dom? Pick one. Hey, God <laughs> But you know, um, you know why Devito pulled out that win? Why did he pull out that win? Because he ripped that son of a bitch. <laughs> you can almost see a lot of the just like a release of shit from the coaching staff from from everybody. Just you know what? What's the old adage? Winning cures all ills. Yes. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter how bad. I think like when you're losing, it accentuates everything bad. When you win, all that matters is the win. Yeah. And you're seeing that, like, you see Dable out there that go, what did you tell him? And, and how was he going? He's like, oh, I didn't have to tell him anything. I just was told him, hey, go out there, rip that son of a bitch. And <laughs> to his credit, Tommy DeVito went out there and ripped that son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and like I said, I'm watching that game fully expecting the Giants to giant. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and, and, and it didn't happen. And I think that's the thing is like every Giant fan was expecting the Giants to giant. And they didn't, and the reason they didn't was because of Tommy DeVito. And so now they, you you have all this pent up energy and aggression and frustration and everything that this season has been, and you just want to now let it out. And the reason you want to let it out is because of what this undrafted quarterback has done for your season, done for your team, where people were screaming at the Giants, "Don't win any more games, keep losing." We want a number one draft pick to now, you know. 
hey, do, do we have Brock Purdy East? Is this the guy we got? Oh, we might have a gem here. We, so, you know, I, I I don't want to go too far yet. I'm not going all that, you know, uh, uh, far with it yet. Yeah. You, you know, there, there's still four games left. There's still a lot. Do I expect the Giants to make the play, playoffs? Absolutely not. I don't. Yeah. You know, again, we have to win four straight more games and two of those against the Eagles. Very doable. Everybody needs to pump the fucking brain. <laughs> But if Tommy DeVito is able to beat the Saints and beat the Rams, who are also the Rams are a pretty decent team, yeah, that'll be coming to the middle in, in that in that Eagle sandwich there. If he can win those games and steal one from the Eagles, the Giants will still finish below five hundred. Will be eight and nine. But if he can do that and steal a game from the Eagles, I think that's the big thing. If he wins those two games but loses both games to the Eagles, I think it's still a, you know, okay, good, solid backup, but we're still going to stick with Daniel Jones or we'll look for an alternative or, or whatever. Yeah. I think if he's able to steal at least one from the Eagles, I think that conversation gets a lot louder, and I think it becomes maybe we build around this kid. Because he's showing everything that we've wanted out of Daniel Jones. He's showing everything. And the other thing, too, Daniel Jones is always fucking hurt. Yeah. But, I love the guy. But that's because I, your offensive I, line, I, I tried to believe in him. I tried to give him a lot, a lot of support since we drafted him. But at the end of the day, the best ability you can have as an NFL athlete is availability. Yeah. And he's he's always hurt, whether it was his neck, whether it's his knees whether it's it's a concussion, whether it's any of these things. Like, he's been injured a lot. Not nearly as much as Saquon, yeah. but he has been. So that I think that's something you have to take into consideration, too. And I also think that's why he, his deal, while everybody keeps on talking about the 40 million, 40 million, 40 million, it's still a very easy deal for the Giants to kind of get out of, get away from, kind of move on from. It's it's not a It's not a hamstringer. Yeah. Like we're not we're not beholden to him. It's not like a seven hundred million dollar deal like Shohei Otani got. No, he, he's only getting two million a year. They did on that. It's fucking insane. I can't believe that's that's. He's the new Bobby Bonilla. What they're doing. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, but the da so Daniel Jones said, one. All of a sudden, this Giants season got very fucking interesting. Yeah, that Daniel Jones contract when he signed it wasn't it basically like he signed like what like a four or five year contract, but it was basically a two year deal. With the way they set up the money, base it's like a two-year contract. Yeah, so it's I mean, like two-year contract, and like there's the the, the a little bit of the guaranteed money, uh, but again, not enough to hamstring the Giants. Yeah, like cap-wise, it doesn't. It like it won't really hurt them. Uh, you know, and and this is the other thing too. Like in in this day and age, you got to be able to know how to finagle the salary cap. Yeah, you do. Uh, Tampa Bay was able to do it when they had Brady down there, and they got everybody in there. The Rams did it you see the chiefs have done it over the years uh but uh, uh that seems to i, I you know I, I don't know what's going on with the chiefs but all of a sudden the chiefs and the bills both of them are not the chiefs seem like they were. chiefs seem like a little off they, they you know you go into this year and you're thinking oh this is the chiefs oh, the Bills. I, I tried to do a little uh, joke there and and who no i i know <laughs> it was a little too subtle when you missed it a little bit but, okay uh you know, you missed it by that much. Six uh, inches. That much. <laughs> that much. Uh, Was that off? Boy, our good friend Kadarius <laughs> Tony, huh? Oh, boy. That fucking waxy face scumbag. 
Yeah. I, I even saw one guy call him the ugliest cockroach. <laughs> I think the, whole, the, the most hilarious thing is I saw a video clip from, from Monday night uh, showing Tyree Kill lined up off sides. And you know what he did? What? He turned to the ref, looked at the ref, backed up. Why? Because that's what you're supposed to fucking do. <laughs> yeah. He looked, he saw, he said, wow, my eyes are level with the football. Am I? Am, am, okay, yeah. And let me back up. And, and it came out, Tony did look at the ref to get clarification. Like He the, did it. No, yeah, he, he did. did. He, no, the, he looked at the ref and then turned his head immediately. But, he didn't look to get any clarification. He, he didn't look at the ref long enough for the ref to say yeah. either good or not. But but he, he did look it. that way. Like, why, I mean, why he would... He looked that way, but he didn't look at... Like, you can't look like that and get... A, a, a clarification, well, I, and that's I, what he did. I mean, this is Tony we're talking about. He probably said, "Oh, I saw him raise his hand or something like that." But no, but that's what I mean. Here, right. Here's the other thing too: is same you game. You need a ref to tell you to move back when you can see that you're even with the when your head is even with the football. Yeah, you're off sides. You're in the neutral zone. And that's the other thing too: is a lot of people are are saying, "Oh, the foot. It's only a couple inches off." Look at where his head is. That means what, you're... What do, they say? What, what do they always say? And, but here's the other thing. Look at the picture. And what I want everybody out there to do is to go find the picture that doesn't have the CBS line on it. Yeah. Because, as what do they always say? The line is not official. Yes. That's a television prop. <coughs> That's not official. Look at where the ball is. Yeah. Look at where the ball that the center is holding. Look at where that is. And if you look at where that is, his Nutsack is offside. <laughs> yeah. His balls are in the neutral zone. That's too far over. Yeah. If he was any far over, the Bills would get a penalty for too many men on defense. <laughs> he was so far. And that's the other thing people have kept on saying, oh, look at his, it's just a toe, it's just a toe, it's just a toe. No, that line that you saw there, that's not the official line of scrimmage. That's, that's a television prop yeah that's not what you're supposed to be looking at look at where the fucking ball is in the center's hands but even that you, you can't look at you, where the ball is you can't really go off the ball where Darius is he's off sides by a fucking mile yeah but you really can't go off the, off the ball either though because the centers move the ball don't don't on the sidelines they have the the, the markers of, okay, here. They have the markers, and that's oh. where the refs are. And the center can he can pick it up and, and and adjust it to get ready for the snap. You know, you lift up the the point or do anything like that. Yeah. But if you look at where the line is and where the center is holding the ball, you could tell that the line wasn't perfectly matched up. Yeah. And again, when it comes to those television graphics, they can get close, but they're never a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why they always say. Yellow line is not official, you know, and any of the graphs and blue lines, it's not official. It's not official. It's, that's not the official demarcator yeah. of what the line is. It helps as the viewer to get an idea of maybe where it is, but that's the point. Is like that's not the official mark. The mark is where the football is, where the officials are, where everybody else is lined up. That's what I mean. People were trying to say, well, look at the Bills player. His head is over the line. Well, that's because that blue line that you're seeing – is not the official mark of the line of scrimmage. The line of scrimmage is the neutral zone is and has always been in football the length of the football that the center is holding. Yeah. And that is the neutral zone. That is the line of scrimmage. And I'm glad you brought up about the Bills thing too is a lot of the, the people I see on 
X or Twitter, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, when you're you're trying to say the Bills guy is offside, the camera angle is, is like 45 degree at the Bills guy. So you're not getting a straight, you know, up and down, up up and down the line of is he really off or isn't he off? Is he, you know, well, no, because you got no, because you get the one, you have the one view that is straight down the line. You do. And on that one, you can see. And that's the other thing is that you can't on on some of the the views like that, you can't even see the ball because Kadarius Tony's blocking it. Well, that video that the, the fan uh, shared, who was right down the the line of scrimmage, you could see the ref have to go to yeah. to, to look at the ball. So I mean, do you, do you think that? I wonder why he threw the flag. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, this is shit that Pee Wee football players know. Yep. This is shit that. Pop Warner and high school kids know. Like this is this is the thing. Like my, my my brother is a is a is a certified referee. He he referees high school football. Yeah. Uh, down in Texas, by the way, which where high school football is damn near the NFL in Texas. Yeah. So you know that's that's high grade. So I'm going to be doing this the whole day. Just I want to <laughs> let you know. And you, Tommy DeVito. Had. And you know what I'm going to be doing, doing the whole day? Hashtag free dump. Uh, but like uh, we had, to, and I find it hilarious because me, you, and him had this conversation in a group chat two weeks ago, which is funny that it kind of happened. This one where we were talking about going down the line and asking the official, like, and and I was I was under the impression that that was, oh, you point to the ref, the ref will tell you either you're good or move, you know, hit the leg to move back or whatever. Yeah, and and my brother was there to say, uh the referee is under no obligation to do that in the first place. Yeah. Like once you reach a certain level of play, you're, you're expected to know that you're, 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 you know, that's, that's on you to know whether or not you're lined up right or not. Yeah. Uh, now some refs will, you know, if you give a quick point, wait for them to either say yes or no, like either they'll, they won't give you a, a, a nod. Sometimes they'll give you a nod or a nod. Or sometimes they won't give you anything, and that means you're good. Or you know they'll do the leg tap, or some, they'll they'll let you know some way, yeah. But Kadarius again, he never did that. He never pointed down the line to be like, "Hey, ref, am I good?" He never did anything like that he. Somebody said he twisted. He turned his head real quick, which I think was more looking towards the sideline than anything. Yeah. And not looking at the ref, and I think that's that's the issue. Where I think that's the problem, is uh, you know he. You have to be smarter than that. So everybody say like, "Oh well, the ref, you have to do that." The referee said you have to do that, which I was under the impression of two weeks ago until I got schooled on it by a fucking certified official, yeah, who told me and told you that that's not the case. The referee can do that if he feels like it, if that's his thing. But he's under no obligation. It's not in the rule book that says if you point to the ref, he has to tell you whether you're good or not. No, he doesn't. And, and uh, even in the the post game press conference, I forget what they call it, but they sit down with the refs to ask them questions about the game. And and the one reporter did ask about that. Hey, aren't you guys supposed to give him a thumbs up or a thumbs down? That they said no. That's more of a, a courtesy that we do to, to them if they ask. Right. You know, it's not a a definite. Even the warnings. They said the warnings are not a. They're, they're more of a courtesy too. You know. Right. And that's the other thing I heard is that in 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 that like if, if somebody does line up both sides, they won't immediately call it, but they'll say, "Hey, listen, you need to back the fuck up, or I'm throwing a flag next time." Just let you guys know you can't you line up like that. Yeah, you know, and and 
that's what I guess the Chiefs were trying to say or Andy Reid was trying to say is that they never got that. They never got a, hey, listen, your guy's lining up offsides. But, but again, that's not an obligation. Yeah. That's not that's not the referees have to tell you that. That's like the referees are like, you're, you're lined up egregiously offsides. And I think that's the other thing, too. People were trying to say throughout the whole game, well, he lined up offsides the whole game, but they didn't call it. And if you look at some of the other videos, pictures or videos that people want to cherry pick, like maybe and maybe in some of those cases, maybe the toe was over. Maybe he leaned over a little bit, but nothing was nearly as egregious as having his ball sack in the neutral zone. <laughs> he was teabagging in the neutral zone. He was on the one end of the football. <laughs> you can't have that. Yeah. And now, you can't have that. And that was the other thing and they said again, in the, this the, is the press second conference. time this year that Kadarius Tony has been on everybody's shit list. Really? I thought yeah, like every every game. Here, I think he dropped a touchdown pass. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He dropped a real big ball to and and the Chiefs ended up losing. Yeah, that's right. That might have been Detroit. I think it was the Detroit game. Was it that or a penalty or something? There might have been another penalty thing. I can't remember exactly, but I remember like he was on everybody's shit list. People had the memes of like, this is Patrick Mahomes to Kadarius Tony in the locker room, and it has the guy throwing the guy in a suitcase and throwing him <laughs> out the door. Yeah. Like so, and again. After this week, they did that, and you know, then you had the Mahomes complaining, uh, and you had the Andy Reid complaining, and that that bothered me because I have a lot of respect for Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid. I know you do too. Yeah. Uh, and I have a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes too. Um, and to hear them after that game talk and say the things that they were saying, like that's see, that's I'm sorry, guys. See, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you think that that's the way it should be, but at the end of the day. You can't be that offsides. And the fact that you have a player on your team that thought he could do that and get away with it. And the shame of it all is that that's still such a highlight real play yeah. from Travis Kelsey, which was, I mean, an absolute, an all-timer. It's an all-timer play. It's a highlight play that should be in the NFL Hall of Fame for the next 100 years. Which is funny because it's, it's the old hook, uh, hook, uh, hook and ladder play. Not even. It's not even that. I don't even know. Like it's 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 a variation of that. It's it's. A yeah. little, I think it's a little different than that. But either way, like what a fantastic play! What a fantastic finish that was! And it got stolen, not by the officials. No. It got stolen by Kadarius fucking Tony, and also Chiefs fans. I'm sorry, but you can't go on the internet and complain about the referees. Saying that they can't make a call like that to end the game. Oh, where are when you, you going? Won the Super Bowl. Thank you. On a play that, while technically correct, it was. A lot of people said you uh, maybe shouldn't have called that. Play. Yeah. So, you you can't have it both ways. That all right? that penalty was more ticky tack than his offsides. And whether you want to say it's ticky tack or not, by the letter of the book, yeah. it was a penalty. Yeah. If you look at Kadarius Tony, some fans were saying it was ticky tack because they're going by the toe on the line instead of actually looking at the ball. Yeah. But be that as it may, even if you think it's ticky tack, after you won a Super Bowl because of that, you 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 have no room to say anything about it. You don't. I'm yeah. Sorry. Like you, you you can't have it both ways. But man, what a mess! What first of all, what a mess the Bills are. They the Bills needed that to try to save their season because they're well, still. Before we go on, I, I just want to say one thing thing about Mahomes. I'm not like I, I did lose a little respect for him, and not because of his antics on the sidelines or him complaining in the um, 
post-game conferences or whatever. I mean, I'm probably one of the, the, the few people out there that accepts they're humans. They're going to show emotions. They're, they're going to blow up. What bothered me was him going up to Josh Allen instead of just, you know what, all he had to do is shake his hand and say, good game, and walk off. That's it. Yeah. And you stood there and said three, four different times, that was the worst call I ever had. Never the once. Call ever yeah. The worst call ever like, like that, come on. You, you, you got to be, you got you got to be better. You got to do better. But then you see the other end of that where Josh Allen, did you see the one where he dapped up uh, Travis Kelsey? Yeah. And he's like, I mean, that's the greatest play I ever saw. And Travis said, it's, it's the greatest play that will never count. Yeah. But thanks. You know, but again, classier. You know, exactly. just like the right thing to say. You don't sit there and say, oh, what a bullshit call. We should have beat your ass. We would have beaten you if it was for a bad call. Instead of just, you know, like that. And that's, I agree with you on that one. Like, like my respect for Mahomes and what he does and everything like that dropped a significant amount after that game. Because even if you think, even if you think that the call was bad, and that's what I mean, him blowing up on the sidelines, that didn't bother me. It's, it's an emotional game. You're on it. Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm never going to fault the guy for screaming and yelling for if he thinks he's been wronged on the field of play right after it happens. Like, I get it. Uh, But, like you said, the 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 midfield handshake and then the press conference afterwards it's like you know you have to say you know either one way or another you have to be like listen do, do i think it was the right call no but you know we still shouldn't have let it be that close we shouldn't have left it in the referee's hand we should have done this we could have done better anything like that you know that's that's the proper way to handle that yeah. even if you don't believe it even if what you think you're saying is complete bullshit and a lot of times that's what it is but you you still show that to have that you know listen we're 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 creatures of of habit and we're creatures of of you know like what we like to hear what seems like you know either winning or losing with class or what seems like whining or anything like that whether you think you're right or not if it sounds like you're bitching and moaning you're you're gonna get the 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 moniker of being a bitch of being yeah. a whiner yeah and and right now and as other people have brought up, with with as many calls that have gone the Chiefs' way over the years, you you can't you can't do that. Yeah. Optically, it's bad. It's just a bad look. So I mean, you take all that into account. Like, not a good look. The Chiefs are in trouble, and don't look now. The fucking Broncos are one game behind them, and they haven't. They already <laughs> I, beat them one. Yeah, I was gonna say they still got one more game against them too. They got one more game. I think I don't know if it's the last game of the year or not. I know they do a lot of division games, so I'm not sure how that breaks down. Yeah. But all of a sudden, the Broncos are one game behind them. They beat them once already, so if they beat them again and tie them, they have the tiebreaker. The Denver Broncos will then be in the lead for the AFC West. Yeah. The team that lost seventy to. 10 or whatever fuck it was. <laughs> 70 to, was it 70 to 3? Something like that. Yeah. I forget the actual score. That All I know is that that team got 70 fucking dropped on them. They got beat like they were Citadel visiting Alabama. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're within striking distance of winning a division. And not only that, but winning the division with the Chiefs in it. That's a, that's a problem with the Chiefs, man. There's a problem with the Chiefs. There's a problem with the Bills. All of a sudden, the Browns look like they might be a team again with footsteps Flacco. Practice squad player. <laughs> That's a, that kills me about that. But you know, when was the last time? When was the last season 
that we're going into week 15. Now, granted, there's an extra week this this uh, season. Um, we're going to week 15, and only two teams are eliminated from the playoffs. Usually by this point, we're talking about teams sitting starters and resting their players for the playoffs, and y- you can't. Well, well, again, what is this? this is the third year of the 18th week. So, uh, but even so, the the thing is, is that there there's still a lot of teams alive. Not because everybody's so good; it's because everybody's so fucking mediocre. Yeah, like the only teams that are eliminated are two of the very worst teams in the NFL, and that's the Patriots and that's the Panthers. Now, the Panthers, they're they're a mess. Their owner is a mess. That team is a mess. They're just they, I I don't know if the Panthers will ever. The, the, the Panthers might be five to ten years away from getting any kind of rebuild or anything kind of done there just because they are such in a chaotic situation with, with uh, David Tepper. I was going to say, I don't think anything's going to happen with them until he sells that team. He, he may uh, be the new Daniel I Snyder. Think, minus I the... he either sells the team or he backs off. Yeah. And, and I can't see I him back off. back off. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, when you look at the Patriots, and, and apparently uh, Tom Curran, uh, uh, report coming out there of uh, from New England is that after the Germany game with the Colts, uh, Robert Kraft had made the decision, and everybody kind of collectively knows uh, Belichick's gone after the year. Apparently, do you believe it? Do you do you believe that there was a conversation with Kraft and his right hand people to say, you know what, maybe it is time for Bill to go. Normally, when it comes to these things, I'm like, I, 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 I want to know more. I want to know who's your sources, who is all this, anything like that. Uh, Tom Curran is pretty rock solid when it comes to his reporting on the Patriots or any kind of New England sports. Yeah, uh, just from his history, um, and and he's well respected and. I feel like he has enough fingers and enough pies up there uh, that he has sources. And he also is the kind of old school kind of sports journalist that's not going to report something unless he's a thousand percent sure that it's a factual story. Okay. So what that tells me is that he has more than, he probably has more than two sources separately telling him this usually you want to have at least two sources i think he's got more um and again i don't think he puts this out there unless he's a thousand percent sure because again if you may if you report something like this and you're wrong oh yeah it doesn't matter anything you've done in the past you're instantly discredited and that that's where i'm a little little nervous about exactly exactly so and that's what I mean with, with seeing how already in the recent past how things have been done and reported about with Tom Brady in yeah. that area. Uh, and I, I think Tom Curry might have been the one that first broke that Brady was leaving. And everybody kind of had this same reaction of, oh, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And then he fucking left. Um, so with that being said, I'm more inclined to believe that they had a conversation and Kraft said, listen, it's it's been a fun fucking 23 years or whatever it's been. But, you know, you know it. I know everything runs its course, you know, and just not just with the coaching, 
but you know with the GM and the like picking Mac Jones didn't work out some other draft moves didn't work out some trades didn't work out and and you know the the records you know over the last couple seasons have not been up to snuff and that's that's the other thing too is when you build a 20-year dynasty of just beyond greatness yeah having off years three straight off years you know you've set the standard to what the stand the standard is the standard yeah as people will often say and if you don't reach that even if you're the one who set that standard you could become a victim of it and i think that's where we are now with bill uh see me personally i you know i heard everything you said about uh tim curran being the basically the the, the tom, tom, tom okay um being the main reporter there or the patriots blah blah I'm just nervous because of the past couple of seasons with reporters and I think it's um, bigger name reporters, you know, like you said, Shefty with the Tom Brady thing, um, things like that. And also, if you're going to move on from him, why not? Why, why haven't finished the season? Um, even, you know, listen to the Pat uh, McAfee show today. They said Gerard Mayo would be the next Patriots head coach. He's on the he's on the team now. So why not yes. why not have Mayo start the head coaching job now? Get used to you know a system, a routine uh, of how a head coaching um, situation goes, and you'll be ahead of the game going into next year. Because you because because first of all you're not because when you get a new head coach, your head coach brings in his own staff. He brings in his own people. You give him an entire offseason to set up his regime. Okay. Do it. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to be a coach now. I'll coach the last few games and kind of get practice in. Like it's it's not like you're a player. It's not like you're no, but I oh, mean, let's like, get him a couple reps. And, like we saw in Carolina when Frank Wright got not, got fired, the the coach because that's a because that was a bad decision. That, well, first of all, but but the that's interim, a terrible decision. They should have at least let Frank put, put the, like because all you're doing now is I mean uh, Bryce Young is ruined. Whether he was good or not to yeah. play in the NFL, we don't know. But that kid is ruined now. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I think anybody will tell you that giving a guy fucking 11 weeks or 12 weeks or whatever he had and then firing him. Well, why did you fucking hire him in the first place? Then? Oh, well, yeah, like that's a that's a that was that was a terrible decision to begin with. But I think going back to New England, I think what you number one, you never want to have a coaching change in the middle of the season. If you can help it, you never want that Two, the Patriots. Again, they've already been eliminated. But for most of the season, again, they had two wins or something like that. Like they, they or one win for a lot of the season, but they had two wins. Yeah. So you know, you kind of saw the writing on the wall anyway. So what's the point of changing now? You're not gonna, you're not saving the season. You're not doing anything like that. Yeah. So and three is, again, Bill Belichick gave you 23 years, and gave you a 20-year dynasty, unmatched in the history of professional sports. Maybe the Celtics of the 60s, but even that is, you know, the, 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 considering what the, what professional sports were then. And again, that's basketball, too. That's a little that's a lot yeah. different than football. But like doing what the Patriots did over this 20 year span, what they made 14 AFC championships, 10 Super Bowls, seven times like, like you, you, you give that man the deference. You give him his flowers 
you let him run out the season, say his goodbyes, say his goodbyes to the fans, say his goodbye to to what he built. That stadium is there because of him and yeah. Tom Brady. That the brand new additions they made to that stadium are there because of him and Tom Brady. Everything that is New England right now is because of him and Tom Brady. And as much as people want to say, like, oh, it was all clearly look at it, it was all Brady, it was all Brady, it was all Brady. If Bill Belichick is not the coach there during that twenty year span with Tom Brady, they they may maybe they have one or two Super Bowls, but they don't have what they had. Yeah. They don't. It was literally both of them. And I I will die on that hill. That was both of them. Well, so, and we kind of saw it. I mean, you know, Brady going to Tampa Bay, okay, first season, boom, Super Bowl. Came back, he it wasn't the same team. Like, I mean, they're still good, but they weren't that Super Bowl caliber team that they were the year before. You know, and so I, I think if Tom Brady wasn't there, I don't know if Belichick lasts there 20 years. I don't. But also, if Belichick's not there, I don't think we look at Brady as being the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. I think it was a perfect relationship between the two. I think what they were able to build as far as the Patriot way was, again, both of them, because Bill implemented it, but Tom was the one that made everybody buy into it. Yeah. And I think that's that's what you have to understand is that when you have the coach who who's, who wants to do it and then your quarterback buys into it and makes everybody else buy into it, you saw that happen in Tampa. When Tom went down to Tampa, you heard the players down there say it was an instant culture change. Yeah. Because now he's down there. He's the first one in the building. He's watching film. He's trying to get better. It now makes me accountable to myself. It makes me want to be better so that I don't let him down. Yeah, And I think that was a lot of the same thing that happened in New England. You have the Patriot way, which was what Bill wanted to implement and that Brady helped everybody else buy into it. And and that's how you build a 20-year dynasty like they did. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, the Giants and the Eagles, the only two teams to beat them in the Super Bowl in that run. So, you know, uh, cheers to us. Uh you know, we're we're uh, we're part of an elite club, but uh, you know, and and again, we'll never see that again in our lifetime. And it might be several lifetimes before somebody or some team even gets close to matching what the Patriots have done. I don't think I it ever happened. Yeah, I don't think it ever happens. I, I mean, that's that's going to be a hell of a feat if somebody can do that. But uh, you know, uh, uh, a good job, Bill. Good job, Tom. And I, Bill's not done coaching yet. Bill's not done coaching. I'm, I'm pulling for San Diego. I I or, think I the Chargers. I miss, they need to go back. Yeah. They need to go back to fucking San Diego. That, like, listen, LA's not fucking working, guys. As when I said that, I was stadium, like, fuck, wrong city. <laughs> and your stadium is 85 to 90 percent always the other team's fans. Yeah. Move back to fucking San Diego, will you? Like fucking <laughs> Christ. It's well, so bad. Uh, but uh, but one last thing I'll say about Bill. I loved I loved him on game day when he put the the helmet on. He put the navy helmet on. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, he's an old navy man. You know, yeah. with his dad, his dad you, coach, you got to see a different side of Bill. You didn't get to see that like miserable old looking man. But this is what makes me, and this is another reason why I buy into the report because it just that seems like he's kind of almost relieved of a burden. Like yeah. it seems like he's just like I'm just going to enjoy my time up here. I'm just. Having fun. Oh, Army Navy's here. I'm a, obviously I'm a Navy man. My dad coached Navy. I'm gonna root for Navy. Here's my Navy helmet. You know, 
and he seems to be a little bit more looser when it comes to just outside interactions and uh and uh shit like that so i think you know that's uh you know i I think that's that's another sign that he's like you know listen i had a run no one's ever gonna match this i'm gonna go down as the greatest coach of all time and uh that 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 is what it is but uh so if 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 you had unlimited money would you sign Bill Belichick or Andy Reid? Andy Reid. Okay. Because you know, I was looking at someone posted the the win loss records for both of them, and yes, uh, Belichick has more wins, he has more losses, but he also has uh, it was like five or eight more years of coaching than Andy Reid. So I mean, like Reid's close with like the wins. And I'm thinking to myself, if he would have, if Reed would have started coaching same amount of time as Bill Belichick, I think Andy Reed would would be the leader in the wins. The reason, I, the reason I say this is because Bill Belichick really did only win with Tom Brady. Yes, like uh, when he's with the Browns, you know they were middling. Yeah. When he was with Bledsoe up there for the first couple of years with New England, they were middle. Yeah. Andy Reid, he won with Donovan McNabb. He won with Michael Bick. He won with Alex Smith in those first couple of years there in Kansas City. Like, he took over. People forget, when he took over, what was that, 2011, 2012? Uh, Something like the that. The Chiefs were fucking awful. Yeah. Uh, but he won with Alex Smith. Uh, he and then he won with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and you can sit there and say, "Well, oh well, he had good quarterbacks there," but he was able to win with a variety of different quarterbacks who did different things, who had different skill sets. You know, people said Alex Smith was a was a bust, and he went to Kansas City and basically had a career revival. Yeah, there with the Chiefs until they got Mahomes, and then it was like, "Well, I mean, Mahomes is just." Obstensibly, he was a better quarterback. Sorry. Yeah. You know, and when they put him in, everything changed, and then they shipped him off to Washington, where he had that horrific leg injury and then came back. I mean, what? I mean, the Alex Smith story is still one that kind of tugs at the heartstrings, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, when, like, looking at that body of work, and you bring up that point, would you rather have Belichick or would you have Andy Reid? I'd rather have Andy Reid. I'd rather have Bill Belichick Super Bowls. Yeah. But, again, I think the job that Andy Reid has been able to do over the course of his career, two different teams, two with four or five different quarterbacks that he's had, uh, I, I think that in itself speaks for itself. So if, I, if I'm, like, building a team and I want my team to be as good as they can be, as quickly as they can be, I, I think you have to pick Andy Reid. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, to that point too, it shows Reed knows how to draft quarterbacks, whereas Bill, let's be honest, he got lucky with Tom. I mean, what was he? And again, Tom Brady was what the hundred ninety ninth pick in yeah. sixth round. Like it was. You and know, if it wasn't and, for Mo and Lewis, he only got in because of fucking Mo Lewis, <laughs> fucking almost asshole, almost killing Tom uh, or killing uh, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Drew <laughs> I remember watching that game. Yeah. First of all, how Drew Bledsoe went back in a game and tried to play while his spleen was pouring blood into his abdomen. <laughs> I don't know. But if you ever heard that story, Jesus Christ, Drew Bledsoe almost died. Yeah. 
it's 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 an absolutely insane story. But that's how Tom Brady's career started: is that somebody had to literally almost murder his quarterback for him to get to the game. And then on top of that, they pulled Brady for the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I I, I don't know if he got hurt or if he just wasn't effective. They pulled him. Drew Bledsoe when it, Drew Bledsoe won that AFC Championship game for them and got them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then they put Brady back in for the Super Bowl. But in that in that first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 36, there was a conversation of who do you start, Tom Brady or Drew Bledsoe? People yeah. forget that. People forget that was a legitimate conversation before that Super Bowl. You know, Which we, is crazy. Imagine how that would have changed history if they had gone with Bledsoe instead of Brady. We are old because probably the viewers that are watching us right now are probably have to Google, who the hell is Drew Bledsoe? All five of them. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How you doing? You can probably name them individually. Hi, Robin. Uh, Hi, Jackie. That's my, that's my sister-in-law. I don't even think Jackie watches. <laughs> Hi, Lennon. Uh, yeah, no, we are old, but, uh, uh, you know. But we're also, well... I was going to say we're old, but we're also wise. But I don't, I don't, nah, know, I don't know about wise. <laughs> uh, we gotta, yeah, I don't know about that. And, and come February, we're going to feel really, really old. The NHL outdoor game. Why are we going to feel old? Freaking Jonas Brothers. We're going to have a bunch of like 12-year-olds. Oh, my God. It's, it's Nick Jonas. Come on, NHL. Do better. Yeah, we really deserve better than that. Although I, I, will, I, I will give Joe Jonas credit. And I'll give him credit for this: is that he really um, he begged Taylor Swift and Sansa Sark from Game of Thrones. So, but they're getting divorced or something now, aren't they? Are they? Yes, they are. No, okay. and, and look, he's not with Taylor Swift anymore either. Yeah. But still, beg them both. So. I, I will go on record to say this: I would rather listen to Taylor Swift than the Jonas Brothers. Oh God, yes, a thousand percent. I don't, maybe it's because I'm with a Swifty that I've grown See, to appreciate and I, like Taylor I Swift think so. Music. Uh, especially I, her later stuff, like the earlier stuff, like the country stuff and some of the super pop shit. Not so much, but like I, I would honestly say, from Reputation on, she's got real good shit. Yeah, I think when you listen to it a little bit, we get you into it. I think you'd like it. I really do. Especially here, here's the way you're going to get into Taylor Swift. I'm going to get you into Taylor Swift, and you know how I'm going to do it. I'm not getting into Taylor Swift. The metal remixes of her songs. Well, I did tell you that I w- I would listen to it. If she comes up with a, a metal record, I'll give it a, a shot. Dude, if you if you go, I'll I'll send you some links after the show to like some some of the the covers that people have done, some of the metal covers for her songs. Okay. And especially from Reputation, because Reputation really is a, a her metal album. It sounds poppy, but apparently she wrote it on an electric guitar, like she wanted it to be a little bit harder. But you know she's Taylor Swift, so they popped it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, those songs all translate to metal songs. Look what you made me do is a straight up revenge metal song. You put a hard riff behind there, maybe a little screamy vocals. Fuck off, man. That thing fucking rocks. I love it. I'm sorry. Fucking come at me. Come at me, everybody. I don't care. I'm defending Taylor Swift. Go fuck yourself. So let, let me ask you, um, at this stage of the NHL season, if the outdoor game was tomorrow, is the game competitive? For either or te- for both teams, or do you think it's going to be a lopsided for one or the other team? Right now, I think it's competitive because the Devils don't have a fucking goaltender. Okay. We can't stop them. We can score as much as we want, or we can't stop anybody else from fucking scoring. 
Who, and that's the problem. That's why we're kind of a mid team right now. Is that we're losing games six to five, seven to six, uh, okay. four to three. It's like we're scoring the fucking goals, but we can't fucking stop any. Who's your goaltender uh, majority of the time? Uh, it's honestly pretty evenly split between uh, uh, VTech and uh, and uh, 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 Schmidt Schmidt. Okay. Yeah. And third or two from. We need to get a goaltender. There are two from the playoffs, right? Yeah. Okay. We we should have gone in the offseason and either looked for a goaltender, maybe looked at drafting one, doing something. We didn't do anything. And now we're stuck kind of in a, in a fly. The, the thing that sucks is, like, we have, we have such a high-powered offense. Our offense is world-class, maybe one of the best in the NHL. The NHL was talking to Devils up this year. Jack Hughes and uh, 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 Jesus Christ, everybody else. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Is Nico uh, still Nico. there? Yeah. Uh, you know, all the, he's our captain. That's uh, what I thought. We, we have all these fucking tools and all this great offense and we have stability. But, you know, the, the problem is, is like when you have a lot of offense, maybe your defense isn't great. Maybe you leave yourself open when you go on an attack. You don't have anybody there. So you need solid goaltending. You need a good goaltender. We don't have that. Yeah. Like we need a goaltender that can <laughs> make a couple of incredible saves, stand on his head when needed. You know, when you have when you have an offense like that, you have to understand that maybe the defense isn't going to quite be there all the time. So it's kind of a give and take, and that's why you need to get a solid goaltender. We don't have that. I don't know how we get one. I don't know like what we would have to trade to give up to try to get one. Uh, you know, and there's nobody like really out there just in the mist. You know, yeah. uh, uh, waiting as a free agent. So it's we're in a real real difficult spot when it comes to that to our goaltending so which uh, is really weird because you know how you guys ended the season and then going into the season you guys were supposed to be up there and we were supposed to be all the bottom we were we were a a stanley cup favorite we were one of the ones being talked about of one of the top five or six contenders and i'm like wow that's really something and i think right now we're like 12 10 and 2 or something or like we're we're really like a fucking middle of the road middle of the pack team your flyers are fucking killing it which is, is funny because i mean i'm just sitting back and kind of like with you and the giants i'm just sitting back enjoying the ride kind of waiting for that other foot to, to, to come down and you know have the flyers go back to where they're supposed to go and but it might. And it might. i'm more i'm, I'm more enjoying the ride so when that foot does come down i can sit back and watch the crazy flyers fans that in the beginning of the year oh we got a tank we got a tank we're gonna suck we're gonna suck and then now that we're good oh we're good we're gonna go to the playoffs and this i'm waiting for them to to snap out again so i could have a couple chuckles wait you told me that philadelphia fans might be slightly unhinged no i mean i I did try to jump out my basement window during the eagles game this past uh sunday night Dude, I gotta say, in the group chat, you're fucking insane. <laughs> like you are just the the shit you say, like makes me shake my head. I mean, and there ain't nobody in that chat that says otherwise. Man, you're fucking insane. <laughs> about this team, we're not making a playoffs. Eagles aren't making a playoffs. You're fucking ten and three. Oh, we're not making playoffs. We're, we're tied for first overall in the conference. Granted, San Francisco has a tiebreaker. Yeah, but. Oh, we're talking ten and three. We're not making the playoffs. Shut the fuck. Up. <laughs> just stop it. Stop well, it. That's all. San Fran's scheduled. I, I know they got Baltimore. 
And I think the other three teams are either average or shitty. Do you think Baltimore beats San Fran? Right now, I don't think anybody beats San Francisco. Well, of course. When they're healthy and they're clicking kind of like how they are now. Yeah. I don't think anybody beats them. I, mean, I don't think anybody beats them. According to Skip Bayless, Dallas will if they have another shot at them. Well, Skip Bayless <laughs> can't get Dallas's dick out of his mouth fast enough to talk. So. Uh, but again, as we saw with this week, too, Cowboys are legitimate. As much as I hate to say it, as much as I don't want to say it, Cowboys are a legitimate team. And, uh, man, your Eagles, they, they – that defense Here's, is going to be a problem. What Offensively, what's been the one thing, pretty much in the group chat, I've been clamoring for all year with the Eagles offense? Run, 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 run. And I didn't know this, but I saw a stat come out. When Philly runs the ball you know, 20 times a game, Sariani's like 30 and 3. When he runs under 20 times a game, He's three and thirty. Run the fucking ball. Two things with that though. One, trying to run in that Cowboys defense, not going to work out great. And two, but the few times that we did, Swift was getting five, six yards. Teams don't want to run the ball when they're down. You want to try to make up that point. And when you get down, like they've gotten down in the last couple games against San Francisco and Dallas, you got to start throwing the ball. Well, I mean, the Dallas game, I think we got to put off to the side for a second because of all the turnovers. I mean, Hurts, Brown. Can't do that either. Can't, can't do, that. do that either. I mean, right there was 21 points, basically. San Fran, I think it would have been a, a more competitive game if we would have ran the ball. Because, one, you're also keeping your defense off the field, which is your weak point of the, the team. They're not getting tired. The defense isn't getting, you know, your defense isn't getting tired. You're tiring their defense. I'm not saying run 50 times a game, but like I said about Dak and any quarterback, you cannot have a quarterback pass 40, 50 times a game and expect to win 30 to 3 or 30, you know, whatever. 30 times, 35 times tops is, is how much you should pass. I'll tell you what, that Eagles defense keeps playing the way they're playing. You, you know, you, you know what I, you know, maybe maybe I should call Nick Sirianni. Maybe I should <laughs> say, hey, you don't have to pay me. I'll, I'll be a a, a um, person to give you advice. Consultant. 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 There we go. That's what we're doing. And I'm going to tell him. You know what? You know what I think the defense needs some dubby. Maybe maybe that will focus them a little bit better. Well, I got to tell you what, it couldn't hurt. And when you're just getting run over by the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys of all teams, and you're looking out there and you see on the sidelines, they have, oh, what do they got? Gatorade and other stuff like that. And what's Gatorade full of? Sugar. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll give you a little burst, but then you're going to crash. And maybe that's what's happening. Late in these games, the Eagles are just like, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe I got diabetes or something. Bah. You know, like that. You don't want that. You don't want that. So maybe. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe on the side, instead, of, maybe they'll keep the Gatorade bottles there because you know branding and everything. Yeah. They have to do that. But inside, you know, I know, they'll know, it's Dubby, and Dubby's going to be so much better for them because it has neurofactor. Goes in, helps the brain out, helps the synapses start firing more, which is what they need. 
because they got to start recognizing these run plays a lot better. They got to start recognizing these pass plays a lot better because right now they're getting run through like a knife through cake. Yep. And it's very bad for the Eagles right now. So maybe getting some of that W is not bad. And also, listen, here's the other thing. I know they're professional athletes. I know they make millions of dollars. And that's okay. Because even when you are a filthy rich NFL athlete and you go to W.GG and you go and look at all their wonderful products and you go and look at all the flavors they have, which you can even get a nice little flavor pack, a little trial pouch to try out all the different flavors that they have. Even when you have all that money to do that, you still want to be fiscally responsible. You still want to save somebody, right? Yeah, right, Jimbo? Exactly. I think so. And so if any of the Eagles players want to go to W.GG and get all of that inf- stuff, when they go to check out, right in the promo code, what they're going to do is they're going to put an ST Sports 18. That's ST Sports 18, all capital letters, right there in that promo code box. They're going to get 10% off of their order. We're helping save them money which maybe they can go out and get another linebacker or two because they fucking need it. <laughs> yes, uh, we do. we're helping to save you money because you need to go ahead and get yourself some dubby. And why do people need to get dubby, Jimbo? To do better or be better and do better. There you go. Be better. It's, it, it, be, be better. But be better, everybody. Dubby. <laughs> and you know what, Tony, Kadarius Tony, you might, have to, you might get like three or four of these to make sure you're on sides. I'm going to tell you a secret right now, and maybe the W people will understand this, uh, and hopefully they don't get mad. I don't think there's enough W in the world <laughs> that'll help that man focus <laughs> and actually be, be good at what he does. Like, I, don't, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough. <laughs> Still, uh, W.G. Everybody go. Um, anything else we got to talk about? Uh, Zach Wilson got AFC Offensive Player of the Week. If Dak don't sum up the NFL this year, the the AFC and NFC offensive players this year or this week, Zach Wilson and a third string quarterback. Uh let's put a little respect <laughs> on that name. I got my goal. And you know, I, I do want to shout out um, a probably the only Eagles player that is showing any type of fight this season. My boy, Jalen Carter. Oh, the one that you didn't want. Uh, I wanted him from day problem. one. You said he was going to be a distraction. Uh, I wanted him. No, that was you. You you didn't want him. Let's roll back that tape. <laughs> I'm going to go find a tape. I'm going to insert it into this video and show everybody. The only or thing. Just tell him to go back. And I'm doing, don't, don't you, don't the, you dare. <laughs> the only thing I, 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 I was upset about that, that touchdown with him, but also respect to him. What do I always say about fat men? You get a fat man touchdown. Oh, you love your fat man dances. You yeah, need you, a fat man dance. But he was just like, you know. Thing from the replacements. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he was just like, you know, we're out of this game. I'm not just, here's the here's the ball. Let's go back to the sideline. No no dance, no nothing. You old like Barry Sanders type thing. Oh, no, because they were still getting blown out at the time. Yeah. So kudos to him. He wasn't like Deontay Johnson from the, the Steelers or whatever it was. They were down like 20 oh, no. points. Yeah. Well, that one guy gave up on a play. But the, the thing I hate is seeing players like, They'll score a touchdown losing 47 to 12. Yeah. And they'll start, you know, they'll do a little dancing and show you, dude, you're down 40 <laughs> points. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Assholes. Like, so I, I give credit for that. When you score and you realize that like, you're still down, like, hand the ball off. Let's go out there. But listen, if you score a touchdown that gets you within seven points, three points, whatever, 
Do your dance. I don't yeah. care. But like when you're down forty points, stop fucking dancing, moron. <laughs> um, I think that's gonna be it for this week. I think that's it. I mean, uh, again, there's uh, there was uh, uh, again a lot in the NFL, a lot of injuries. Herbert's out for the year. Yeah. Uh, how Braden Staley is still not fired? I don't know. Uh, what uh, uh, is there anything else quick to touch on? I'm not sure. College football's kind of died down a little bit after the uh, Florida the State. Outbreak. Florida State uh, is is suing the the playoff committee. <laughs> nonsense! Political nonsense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's it for now. We talked a little bit of hockey. Yeah. We talked a little bit of Joe Jonas. I defended Taylor Swift again. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I think we're about. I think that's about it. All right. Well, till next week. This is your good friend Jimbo. Hashtag free Dom. Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I thought we were giving you say it to me. Uh, what's going on? Come on, go! We're out. <laughs>